Hi friends, Ian McFadden here from St. Mo's. This is a special bonus episode today where you get to hear a particularly encouraging story from our own Forrest Deal. With no further ado, over to a Zoom interview with Forrest. Well, good morning. You uh, have a special treat in store for you today. I am on a Zoom call with Forrest Deal. Many of you at Samos know Forrest. Um, he has served with Alpha, he's served in kids ministry, he plays the trumpet, has played for us uh, on an Easter in the past. Uh, he has a PhD in math, I believe, and this morning I'm talking with Forrest because he has uh, what is probably the most heartwarming, encouraging story of God's generosity and faithfulness that I've heard come out of uh, this pandemic uh, era so far. So uh, with no further ado, uh, Forrest, tell us your story. Okay. Well, just for reference, today is April 28th, 2020. Uh, the Lord has done some wonderful, strange, and amazing things in my life, especially during the last month or so. This story begins when I was a senior at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida, just north of Orlando, in the school year 1967-68. At some point in that year, probably in the fall, I had one date with a very attractive and intelligent Nancy Carter. I remember a little of that date, uh, but I must have talked with her about her need for Jesus at some point when I knew her, because a year and a half later, on April 1st, 1969, while I was in grad school at Brown and she had transferred over to Temple, she mailed me a very unusual letter. I had written her at least twice before, and she had written me at least once before, but this letter was unusual because she had written it in pen on one side each of five pages of artist paper, like 14 by 16 inches. She rolled the pages up and then mailed them to me in a tube. In that long letter, she discussed some previous tough events in her life and her ideas on philosophy and religion. And her philosophy was basically based on self, unfortunately. And then she said it was interesting to have a friend who thought differently from all her other friends and indicated that continuing correspondence might be nice. And I have no idea if either of us ever wrote again. Well, I felt sad for her that her philosophy was so useless. And so I prayed for her. And I kept the letter in a dresser drawer. Every now and then I would see that too. And seeing it reminded me to pray a bit for her. I got married in 74. I don't recall if I ever showed the letter to my wife or not. It certainly wasn't a secret. Perhaps I just didn't think worthy of comment. I don't know. It was just sitting there with some of my other memorabilia. Now in 1989, 20 years after she wrote the letter, Rollins College published an alumni directory, which I purchased. So probably at some point later when I saw the letter, I looked her up in the directories. It lists her as being an historic interpreter for the state of New Jersey and gives her home and work addresses and phone numbers. And I never got another directory from Rollins and I don't even know if they ever published one. Well, in 2011, my wife went to heaven. And as the years went on, now and then, I would see that letter and pray. In a time or two, I actually took it out and reread it. Well, February 6, 2020 was one of those days. And after praying for a little bit, I began to wonder why I still had the letter. It had now been with me for over 50 years. Was I supposed to contact her and tell her about Jesus again? Part of me thought that would be a fun thing to do. And part of me thought it might be important to God. And the 50 years might give me a plausible reason to call. But if I called a 31-year-old phone number, who might I get? 
And what if I got her husband? So I prayed about all this and realized that nothing really mattered except my motives. So I didn't want to convince myself that God wanted me to call her, when in reality, calling her was just something I wanted to do. So since there was no urgency, I decided to wait 40 days. And in the meantime, pray about the situation during my daily quiet time. I would call her unless God told me otherwise. So when St. Patrick's Day, Tuesday, March 17th came around, the 40 days were up and I knew the call was something God wanted. By then we were just starting the COVID-19 restrictions, but that's of course another story. I planned what I would say for all sorts of possibilities. So when I called her number, the phone rang, I called her home number, the phone rang a few times, and then I got a robotic voice telling me to leave a message. So I still had no clue as to whom the phone number belonged. So my message was something like this. Hi, my name is Forrest Forey Deal, and I graduated from Rollins College in 1968. I, I figured I needed to get her attention quickly. I'm trying to contact Nancy Carter. Evidently, we were pen pals for a while, because I still have a very unusual letter she wrote to me in 1969. It was written on five large pages and rolled into a tube, and in, she, in it she discussed religion and philosophy, and I thought it might be interesting to talk for just a few minutes and see if our philosophies have changed. So if you are Nancy Carter or know how to contact her, please call me. Again, my name is Forrest Forey Deal, and I can be reached at 410, et cetera, blah. Thanks, goodbye. Well, for several days, there was no response. Hey, I had done my part. There was nothing else I could do besides pray, and the rest was up to God. So who knows if anybody was going to call me back. Five days later on Sunday, March 22nd, about 4.30 in the afternoon, I was in the middle of a phone call with my son, Andrew. Now, we don't talk all that often, but when we do, we talk for like 90 minutes or so. So I heard this beep that another call was coming in. I looked at the caller ID, and it read N space J space ST space OF. Well, I really didn't think that anyone in the New Jersey government needed to talk to me. I knew if they did, they'd leave a message. So I ignored that and continued talking with my son. When we finished, I realized that I had voicemail. So I listened to it. And this is what it said. Hello, Forrest Forey Deal. This is Nancy Carter. My last name is separately, but yes, you called me some days ago. I've just gotten back from a long trip and I'm still catching up. So thank you for calling me and remembering that. I do remember you and I just, just the good news is that yes, my philosophy has changed radically. Be heartened that your words to me were not in vain and that the Lord gloriously saved me in 1977. And I've been following the Lord Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I've done a lot of mission work. I was married to a Bible teacher and preacher pastor and conference speaker for 10 years. He's gone on to be with Jesus. He's in glory now. But the Lord's been very good, and I'm just getting, you know, I'm walking closer and closer to him, and I've just been following him. So just be heartened that you were one of many people who did share truth with me, and I, I find, well, the Lord finally saved me and brought me into the kingdom. So be encouraged and also, of course, prayerful in this time. And thanks for calling and being concerned. All right, God bless you, Forey. Bye-bye now. Now, how do I know exactly what she said? Well, I was so floored by that message, I saved it and later managed it to convert it to an MP3 file on my computer. But anyway, wow, I needed to call her back. Now, she didn't actually say I could call back, but then she didn't have to indicate that she was a widow either. So I called her back at her work number, which was the one she had called me from. Well, I started getting a message there from Washington Crossing State Park that explained all about the disruptions caused by the COVID virus, et cetera, et cetera. So I hung up. I figured I'd call her home number and if necessary, leave another message. I mean, it worked last time. So when I called, the robot eventually said, transferring to voicemail, mailbox is full, goodbye. Ooh. 
should I ever call her again? If so, when? So I prayed about that and decided I would call her home number again in about a week. Well, the next day, Monday, March 23rd, it dawned on me that the long message at her work number just might end with an invitation to leave a voicemail. So I created a fairly innocuous message because I wasn't exactly sure who would be listening to it. I called, and at the end of the message, there indeed was a beep. There was no invitation to leave voicemail, but there was a beep and no disconnection. So I left a message, not knowing if anybody would hear it at all. I said something like this. Hello, this message is for Nancy Separately from Forest Boy Deal. It was good to get your voicemail with all the good news in it, except of course that you only had 10 years with your husband. I myself had over 37 years with my wife. She went to heaven in 2011. Why not indicate that I was a widower? I'd really like to chat with you a little bit and hear some more of what you were talking about and also just tell you the story of, about the letter I mentioned. So please call me back at 410, etc. Well, it was the evening of Tuesday, March 24th that she actually called and I actually answered the phone. She explained she'd noticed I had called her home number on Sunday and that her mailbox had been full so I hadn't been able to leave a message. So she decided to contact me. I asked if she'd heard the message I left at her work, and she had not. So she was courageous enough to call without knowing I was a widower. I then told her what the message I had left said, and now she knew. And we talked for almost 90 minutes. Since then, we've gotten to know and love each other just by talking and praying on the phone. Our record call being five hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> also doing a couple of hours of Zoom and some emails. Of course, she's stuck in New Jersey and I'm in Maryland, but one night, we did get to simultaneously see the International Space Station zip overhead as we talked on our cell phones. That was nice. We will probably get married next month, and I'll be moving to New Jersey. We believe the timing is such that we are forced to learn a tremendous amount about each other before we meet in person, which most likely is a very good thing. She's still working as a historical interpreter at Washington Crossing Park in New Jersey, where Washington crossed the Delaware River on Christmas Eve. You remember that famous painting of him standing in the boat? Yeah. In her position, she can explain the spiritual condition of the country at that time, which was just after the Great Awakening of 1740, during which many turned to Jesus. And she considers this her ministry as well as that of being a prayer warrior. I'll be 72 next month, and I'm retired, and she's 70. I may retire in a year or so, depending on in part on what's happening to the spiritual state of the world, which might be changing rather quickly right now. Now, I've found that everyone who hears this story ends up smiling from ear to ear and is very happy for us. It's nice to be able to encourage believers with this story, but it also makes a wonderful impression on non-believers too. So I tell it to many people, as does Nancy. <laughs> Forrest, that is such an amazing story and uh, so delightful. God is kind and faithful and Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm going to, uh, to end the recording, but um, yeah, just a, a joy to have you share that story with us and uh, keep us updated at St. Mo's as things develop. We will certainly miss you if you do end up moving to New Jersey soon, but um, wow, what, a, what an amazing uh, turn of events and we are celebrating with you. Blessings now. Thanks.